Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. Real quick, I want to shout all y'all out real quick for listening and subscribing and commenting and just giving us a fair chance and listening to all this culture and history that we're bringing you. But real quick, got to shout out Be Good Dispensaries, you know, they're our official sponsor. You can find them over there on 11 West Hampton in Inglewood, or if you're up north, you can find them on 120th across the highway from Boondocks. They got the best marijuana, you know, any, all your needs that you need, dab, marijuana, edibles, you name it, they got it. But as you know, we got another banger for you today, you know what I'm saying? We got a big time, you know, ganja, you know, dab, concentrate, rosin, smoker, you know, he's a smoker, he's a painter, you know what I mean? He's a grower. You know, he's been bombing freights for, man, how long, 20 years? Uh, like a little more, 16. right? 16. All right, 16. All right. I, was giving you, I was giving you a couple, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I've been painting them for a while, but probably 16 full years. All right, well, we got my fucking <laughs> soldier in the house. What's good with you, brother? What up? How you doing? Very high. We are high, huh? But not really. It's just like a meditation. Right, getting we're just getting, we're just getting primed up to, to get yep. into this. You know what I mean? This podcast kind of <laughs> let them know what's going on because we got a lot of shit to talk about, right? Right. So how you been, man? How you been? How you been? There. Yeah. Good. Life been treating you good? Yeah, been blowing glass lately uh, a little more by trade, and it feels good. It feels good to be like back on some shit. Now, when you say blowing glass, like <clears throat> making rigs. Yeah, um, making rigs again. Um, making, making like, do you make bongs? Or, I mean, can you make a bong? I could about the size like mm, six inches tall is about where I max out as far as like the equipment I have but yeah just making rigs and marbles and pendants again and staying busy so it's it feels good the hustle's strong right yep one of the many avenues that I tap into um but yeah Uh, how about you man not too bad man it's just kind of nice and high you know what I mean just grinding every day trying to make that dollar you know right Make shit easier in my life, you know? Yeah. Staying up high. So, I mean, we're already 5,280 feet above sea level, so I'll probably be about 10,582 feet every day. You know right. what I mean? You ever smoke at sea level? I Yeah, wherever That's I go. It's crazy. You don't get a stone. It's weird. I, like I said, I just smoke so we're much. Like it up here. It's different. It was different in Cali because it, like, um, it, it was like last time I went was about three months ago. And the homies just had like, <laughs> like, when I say the cheapest weed, like, it was just the cheapest weed, like, and it was cheap, but it was like an ounce for like, twenty five bucks. Oh, you, know, okay. and, you know what I mean? We're out there already trying to save money. You know how that shit goes. For sure. And I took some out there with me. I, what happens? I usually take it out there with me, but this time I was high, and only took half of it out there with me. Oh, so I took damn. a half ounce instead of a whole ounce. Yeah. And I went through that shit quick, you know? Yeah, which happens when you're on the road. Mm-hmm. And then you can't find it as good. Like, that's, that's kind of rough. Well, I mean, you know, in Cali you could find it, but I'm not trying to pay those crazy prices. And the homie just said, he's like, I got this this outdoor shit. He's like, it's everywhere. He's like, I'll give you G for 20 bucks an ounce. I was like, really? I was like, hold on. I was like, let's go get some fucking Fronte Gravelis. It's probably pretty good, though. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And we just blazed. Sun herb is good. Yeah, we just Sun blazed crazy blunts, bro, the whole time I was there. And, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Went through probably two of them. I don't even know. Yeah. Hey, well, check it out. Being this is, like, your first time here, man, kind of tell them a little bit about yourself, man, who you are, what you do. Because you do a bunch of things, shit. Um, so, yeah, like, I've been growing trees just out of, like, wanting to not 
pay for it as you just stated right you know, especially expensive. those crazy prices um, yeah um, would you ever pay eighty dollars <clears throat> an eighth for some cookies no not in this present time but you know it's crazy when i was in high school there was a strain that was popular uh ak-47 right sixty dollars an eighth people paid without even batting, oh yeah without even batting an eye though and now yeah. it's like it's surprising because it's totally a marketing thing now but like back then it was just people being stingy they were like i'm not breaking on prices at all right they might even short you a half a gram or a gram totally. and i remember using like the hand scale they're like uh i remember cats like legit. in albuquerque like they had the best weed ever bro and they would like kind of short you and like they were like we'll just take it back like, you know what i mean i don't yeah. give a fuck like you first know? time i ever went to new york this dude pulled me into a room and was like yo don't talk to your homie about how much I'm giving you because I'd never give him like the full amount. He's like, I know you're from Colorado and I know you know what an eighth is. So like, just keep that on the low. Like some people just short people and they're like, whatever, like nobody will know. Right. Being that you're a weed head like me, dog, do you remember like maybe the first couple kinds of strands of, of chronic or high grade? You say AK-47. I remember Cat Piss. So, Sour Diesel for sure. That was a staple. That was my favorite, bro. Maui and Wowie. Uh, Alaskan Thunderfuck. Um, sour Diesel is my tooth. favorite. Dude, Sour Diesel was a banger. But my I thing with that... I that for so many years and was so happy. Like You'll never get good Sour Diesel ever again, though. Yeah, that's what sucks. You'll never, unless somebody so actually grows it. is everybody went with what was hype and popular so everything that was a staple kind of faded mm -hmm. and it wasn't even a reason behind just what was current you know like so growing when i first started i had like 250 watt light going which is just small small light and it was six plants just growing from my head and sustained with that and then i started having extra and just was like all right maybe i should uh, do this a little bigger but yeah, like I grew out. Um, what were the first couple strains that you grew? Uh, sour diesel for sure. Uh, Northern Lights five uh, and Skunk one. And sweet tooth and then these homies of mine had this strain going uh mama son okay which was like a staple of this town that i grew up in and finally got a cut of that because of however and grew that for a while and those did really well and then i started getting into like genetics more and realizing that there was like people doing serious breeding and like making their own things and started really like tapping into like what was out there <clears throat> but then to now everything has changed so much like it's interesting because back then people were breeding very seriously like they right. would crossbreed certain things like, can you give an example yeah so normally or by the book how i was taught when i was younger and first growing which is now 18 years ago um was basically you would cross something and then take those children or phenos and then cross them back with what you created it from, which would be creating your F1s, F2s, and so on. 
So currently, and how a lot of strains are created now, is you take a mom and a dad or other forms and cross them and then take that F1 and just run with it. And that's like your new strain. The main one, yeah. So you don't really stabilize anything. So as a grower, you find problems, which like plants will turn into a hermaphrodite or not produce the same way as you're expecting or have certain traits of strains that like you don't, don't want. Really want yeah exactly what would be that can you, can you tell me um now like you yeah. want something that is going to produce for me personally rosin um but back then it was weight everything was like as like a hurdle or like a staple or like a standard of growing back then was like how much can you grow per watt or like how much pounds right. per light you could produce. So now it's more so how much rosin you could produce percentage wise of how much uh, wet weight you have. So like <clears throat> you're gonna want <clears throat> excuse me. You're gonna want strains that are gonna produce like ideally six percent hash of your total harvest and when i was first starting out you were definitely wanting to just produce flour to smoke like it wasn't even that deep yet um people were just growing to just have weed right like it's crazy how far it's come and like i said from what i've known from you is from back in the day you're probably like one of the first person people to ever dab <laughs> right maybe probably in the circle that you were a part of but not amongst the people that i hung out with right it was shown to me for sure um but it was crazy because it was shown to me at such a weird time where like i was already doing hot knives right and then, we talked about that yeah i remember yeah. doing hot, hot knives in college <clears throat> so i met these kids that had glass hot knives like they took it a step further yeah, that's wild then they had this apparatus to hit the hash with it was a glass apparatus so I was like mind blown and that's what put, put me in the mindset of like damn who's doing this like this has to be a custom piece mm -hmm. that these kids made and it turned out it was and so that's what pushed me to want to grow glass is I was like how is this happening how did these kids have this thing made because usually you would just use like your stove and knives and like a cardboard tube and or yeah. like a Mountain Dew bottle cut off of the bottom. Use the, you know? the thing for the big napkins. Yeah, like not even really putting forth much effort. And these kids had like a water apparatus to hit hot knives with. So I was like, all right, this is for me. They're on to something. I'm switching to hash only. And that's actually when I became, as I say, a dabitarian and just like left flour behind. You don't smoke <laughs> it at all, no exceptions or what? I do make some exceptions. Um, for like very serious occasions or like occurrences in my life, mm -hmm. but not usually um, anymore. But I definitely put down like pounds uh, in my day, <laughs> just like king size joints, over and over again all day. That's all that was hanging out of my mouth when I was like really smoking weed, and then blunts. And it's crazy because, like, I was smoking blunts, like Philly blunts. Right. So many of those. And that's so bad for you. <laughs> no, definitely. But, I mean, I was introduced to blunts by this dude that lived below me from New York, right? 
and he, for some reason, would seal the blunt with cognac. Okay. You know what I mean? And that was, like, brand new to me, but I thought it was, like, a cool way to get stoned. So I started smoking blunts, and I was like, all right. I'm sure you cool. smoked the honey blunts, right? Yeah, totally. After that, but that was, like, my first introduction. I was like, all right, this, what, you know, never smoked a blunt before. My first introduction, bro, was this cat from Alabama. He showed me how he's like, we roll blunts down in Alabama, homie. He's some white dude. And he showed me how to roll a blunt. Nice. I was like, all right. And then yeah. kids came out. <laughs> and everyone learned how to roll a blunt, right? Right. That movie's rugged. Yeah, for it's real. It's crazy to grow up on that type of, like, footage of a film versus, like, what people have now. You know? It's crazy. No, for real. Now, I mean, yeah, it's a whole different ballgame now. Yeah, that show was raw. You know? I was actually kind of nervous and scared by that movie. It worked. You know what I mean? Like, some of those scenes are so fucked up that you're like, I definitely don't want to be that. It can happen just like that, that easy, you you know? know? Yeah, for sure. Hey, so you said you kind of grew up in Golden, right? Yeah, in that area. How was that growing up in Golden? Uh, It was kind of crazy, honestly. Like, I lived right across from a trailer park, so... There was a lot of stuff going on that I didn't really understand at that time. Mm-hmm. There'd be people like getting murdered and stuff, and like, oh damn, cops would be looking for people through there, and like, just fucked up shit that I didn't really like grasp. Like my neighbors across the street got like raided by like a full SWAT team. They like opened all their walls and stuff, found all this like guns and. Yeah, it was kind of crazy over there. Like, a lot of people think that Golden is, like, really, like, uppity. And, I was going like, to say, you wouldn't think about it was going down like that up there? No, but it is. It's crazy. There's a lot of drug use over there and, like, a lot of shady shit that happens. And then there's, like, the very nice part of Golden. Right. It's, like, it's closer to Boulder and not any of that. It's so weird. It's, like, a paradox. Because, like, right now there's still trailer parks over there that are, like, not the best place you want to be. You know, <clears throat> what kind of music were you like listening to when you were growing up? You were in middle school and high school. What were you into? It's crazy because you mentioned the BC Boys, and that was that was it. Like that was a huge jump off for me. And then like Wu Tang, mm-hmm. I would always skateboard with my friend and listen to those type of tapes. And uh, <laughs> Naughty by Nature, I was like given my first rap tape by my mom. If you would believe it. <laughs> it was naughty by nature. Yeah. She was like an advocate to like be the like friend. So she was like, oh, yeah, you could listen to all this rap music. Like uh-huh. all the stuff with parental warning. Like that's funny. But yeah, naughty by nature. They actually had some good stuff aside from what was like top 10. No, they did Uptown Anthems, one of my favorite. Remember on the uh, Juice soundtrack? Yeah. With that heartbeat with Tupac in the video? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. When did you kind of start getting into graffiti and writing? Um, mostly <clears throat> probably just like when my brother was in the military and then I had a brother that passed away I started just like taking out the aggression of that onto surfaces I was just like super hurt so I just took out those feelings onto painting walls and then realized it was a lot more than just like being destructive because uh, then I started like seeing peers in my high school Mm -hmm. so this was going on during high school yeah Uh, 
I, well, actually, that happened after high school. So I had influence in high school, but I never really, like, did it. So there was these kids that I used to get trees from. Right. Uh, they used to rep IWS crew, uh, which is, like, an old, old Denver thing. And um, they used to be in this, like, s- special program in my high school that I used to kick it with them. Right. And I would always see them doing graffiti and, like, kind of picked up on it and, like, the books and, like subway art and you know things like that but never really like knew that it was like a whole culture a whole thing until later until quite a bit later like i was just being dumb and with the can like i got in trouble a couple times had to do like 180 hours community service one time at this place which i'm not going to say the name because you can actually (laughs) grease the wheels in certain situations like that which I had found out from a dude that I was plugged in. He was like, yeah, if you just offer this lady like a dollar per hour, she'll just let your hours slide. And <laughs> sure enough, I got this 120 just written off. She was like, I could use a different pin uh, to make, you know, make it look more real if you want. And I was like, all right. You've obviously done this many, many, many times. Did she? Did you? Did she? Did you give her any money or? Yeah, oh yeah, I paid her extra. I gave her a tip plus, so it was like a dollar an hour. Right. On the on the books, and because she didn't, she wasn't trying to be rich off of it. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that that like existed at my, you know, at the time. But yeah, I I had gotten in trouble uh, doing graffiti, and now yeah. After, was this in like, Golden? Uh, I was over in Green Mountain. Okay. It was fucked up. I uh, was painting an electrical box, and this plow driver wanted to just be like a hero, right? Right. So it's snowing super hard. There's like inches on the ground. And I was walking back to my car, and this plow driver like came at me head on trying to just stop me. And he wrote down my plate and chased me down. Oh, he did the most. Oh, it was fucked up, man. Like, I, I don't know why people want to just be heroes but right. i guess it's like human intuition or something i don't know well on the on the last podcast we talked about this one of the main rules is never park by the spot <laughs> oh no it was like five. Oh. Like he like circled the block and followed me and like oh so yeah, okay it was like it was really odd i i felt like it was the universe definitely checking me which is like something that i agree with you know what i mean like sometimes the universe will just like do things to intervene in what you're used to or Mm -hmm. what you're currently doing and yeah you just gotta go with it it was crazy and that's when you were kind of like out in the streets kind of just taking out your aggression you said huh yeah and then i started like uh through the dude that i mentioned that i was plugged into he actually wrote immense uh, back in the day, E-N-N-C, I-W-S crew. Um, he used to be really plugged in with a lot of things, and I would get fronts from him, so I was always kicking it with him, you know. Like, And he had uh, been hanging out with this dude, Lens, and at the time, that's what dude wrote. He writes something else now, but, yeah, he was getting weed from him, and, like, we both kind of related, like, yeah, graffiti's cool. Right. And he had already been catching freight, so I was like, all right, yeah, like, you want to go paint sometime? And then I realized that it was, like, a culture because I kept seeing some of the same names. Like, I would just see people, especially I would see this dude, Riot, that had already passed away. And I was like, damn, like, this is crazy because 
you could be gone and your art you're still up you know, yeah. how'd you kind of come up with your name so as i said like my brother he's uh an air force pilot and that's crazy bro that you'd right. rather like be flying jets like bombing motherfuckers two you different said. paths <laughs> Yeah. Damn. So I'm over here, Dread, and he's over <laughs> here. Uh, I won't say his rank, but he's a highly ranking official in the Air Force, and he is. Are a, y'all cool? Yeah, we're cool as we can be. Right. I think, I think he thinks I'm a liability. <laughs> <laughs> so like, he keeps his distance. Right. Uh, and I, I feel like that's just because he's military. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, he is a member of the military forces so i was like you know what i'm not a member of that at all i'm a member of you know jaw army and so soldier of jaw army is soldier of jaw army soja and basically what that is like a rasa stance and in some reggae music you can hear that reference um there's actually a big reggae band that goes by soja okay um before they were big, I met them at Cervantes. Right, I was going to say, have you ever tried to meet them and try to tell them to fucking, you, you can do yeah, some Yeah, so tight. it was crazy. Like, I showed, I had a bunch of flicks. <coughs> I keep documentary of everything I've done. Yeah. Which is kind of on some, like, nerd shit. Um, but, yeah, basically I showed them a bunch of flicks of, like, what I had already started painting. And they were cool. They were into it. Uh, one of the, like, head dudes was, like, too busy trying to pull ladies and stuff. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were chill about it, but after that, they've posted me on their page and stuff, but we've never linked up after that or anything, because I never really had an interest. Like, they didn't really seem like they were too into what I was doing, so I, I'm not one to, like, chase that. No, for know. real. I got you. How'd you get down with the roster shit stuff? Uh, it's kind of a deep story, basically, uh, to be honest. And a lot of people might think it's, like, some, like, foo-foo, like, hoo-ha, like, Mm -hmm. you know, unbelievable type thing. Sorry, I always forget that I'm, like, talking to you. No, you're fine, bro. just, like, to your roof. (laughs) My bad. That's how stoned I am and those other things. Uh Uh-huh. So, basically, I was already a dread, right? And... Things weren't going well at my parents, um, so I moved out. I moved out of my house at 17, got my own place. I was living in this apartment complex, and this dude who I grew up with was my plug as a swag plug, right? If you remember what swag is. Yeah, that Reggie. (laughs) So this dude was balling so tough on swag that... He had gotten an Audi out of it. Like, he was moving things, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know it. He got busted. Um, Local authorities came to his house. He was growing that AK. Okay. And his dad turned out being a postal worker. So he rolled over on a lot of people. And one of them was me. And I got raided at 18 years old. Fucking West Metro Drug Task Force came to my house, thought I had a bunch of things. Definitely didn't have it like that. Right. Like, it was crazy, though, because here's the thing. It's, like, kind of a weird story. So, day before, we're having a session. And at the time, Roar was a company. I don't know if you know about that. 
So Roar was a bong company that used to be popular at the time. It was okay. like the only company at the time that had these ground joints. Okay. So it was like the first company pushing that, and they call them glass-on-glass joints. And basically, they were super rare. And my homie and I were smoking out of one, and my cat at the time jumped up on the table and wrapped its tail around the bong, right? Broke the bong. I felt super bad about it. I was like hella fucked up. Like I was like, damn, dude, this is really messed up. Like my cat did that. He didn't want anything back. Uh-huh. He was like, you know, it's cool. Your cat broke it. I don't care. Whatever. But I was like, dude, it's a like five hundred dollar mistake. Like I'm not gonna just let it slide. So we went to the head shop the next day, the day I got raided, and I ended up buying him a piece, right, to replace it. So when I got raided. They came in and they had these notebooks of $20 bills that they had photocopied of money that the swag plug Uh was buying herb from me with. So he would come into town and I thought he was a homie. He would just be like, yo, I need some trees. Let me come through. And I let him come through. Right. And he was totally setting me up on like multiple occasions. And what was crazy about it is somehow along the way, I spent that money. And I think it was on that bong. I'm pretty damn sure it was on the bong. Right. Because when they hemmed me up, they had all my money that I had on me in person, which was my re-up, and none of it was in there. So day after, this dread from below me is a two-story complex. Mm Mm-hmm. He saw it all happen because when I got raided, they were knocking on the door like a homie knock. Yeah. I was like, oh, the homie's here. Right. That dude nice was actually with me when it happened. So we go answer the door and it was guns blazing in the face with like a piece of paper saying, oh, you're, this is a raid. Get down on the ground. Like, so this Rasta dude seen it mm-hmm. and he was like, how are you here? Like, how did you escape the fire? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, how, did you just roll over on somebody? Like, how did you not get locked up? Right. Because he was older than me, way older. And he saw something. He was like, dude, something's not right. And I told him everything that happened, like I just told you. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, you got somebody watching over you. He's like, there's a reason why you're a dread. But you should look into what you're really doing with your life and tap into what's going on because nobody just walks away from that the way you did they had you set up and they did like they legit had me they had been watching my house for like seven days they raided me on december 13th friday the 13th did they get anything i mean i mean sure so i had a quarter of weed right okay that ain't shit at the time it was a drug and alcohol class right but they were all excited when they asked they were like how much weed you got here? I was like, a quarter, like a quarter ounce or a quarter pound. I was like, a quarter ounce. Like, right, what are you fuck? talking about? Yeah. But that's all they got, and then they took all my money, which I actually got back. It was fucked up. So they just kind of like thought you had a gang of weight and you didn't really have shit so on you. So the dude said I had a bunch of weed, ecstasy, and coke, which I think he was just so far in it that he just tried to roll over on me any way he could. You know what I mean? Because like I said, his dad was a postal worker. So it was like, he probably was facing a lot. 
you know? Right. And he had a full grow going. So at the time, this was in like early 2000s. So they threw the book at him, I'm sure. And yeah, I actually looked him up not too long ago, just as like curiosity. And he's not even in the country, which makes sense because he rolled over on some pretty big people, like supposedly his swag plug and all that shit. Right. So yeah, it's fucked up. But yeah, actually, so that put me onto something. I was like, all right, wise Rasta dude. I guess I'll take what you're telling me out of nowhere because I would see him all the time, mm-hmm. just walking around the the neighborhood, you know. And I'd like hail him up, try and see if he wanted to smoke or anything. He had no interest. He probably thought I was just like another dirty imposter kid. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that's when you kind of start taking it serious, huh? Yeah, I was like, all right. Maybe he's right, like, because I was very reckless before that. I didn't think I had a path, you know? I was like, whatever. What do you mean by reckless? Uh, just, like, being in the rave scene and... Did you graduate? No. No? You drop out of high school? Yeah. And was it because... I got my GED, and it was because of me. Okay. So every day, pretty much every day, I'd get, like, sweated by the, uh, the people in the high school. Like, hey, you smell like weed, come down to the office. And I just got sick of it. I was like, I can't keep coming here. Dealing with this shit. Yeah, so I just got my GED. But being reckless at the time, like, the rave scene was really popping, and I was definitely moving a lot of things in. So. Now, when you say the rave scene, are we talking, like, the early rave scene where you had to call a number and yeah. call another number? So check this out. <laughs> It was like that. Mm. People talk about it and like. I remember that shit. I remember that shit. As an older cat, you know. So it was. You would call a number and they wouldn't tell you where it was until like maybe sometimes 20 minutes before. We'd be bugging out like, damn, where is it? Where is it? How are we we even going to get there? And then they'd tell you because they didn't want any authorities coming. But a couple times, like we were up in the mountains so far away. like way before like clubs or raves were in warehouses or anything like that it was like on the low it's crazy and i could say i've never been to a rave that's been raided have you yeah so we were up in uh like way past netherland right yeah and the 36 right um yeah up past like boulder a little bit way in the cut and People would bring whole sound systems, you know what I mean? Like, do it pretty proper. Yeah. And we're raging, and they stop for a second, and a cop comes on the loudspeaker, and he's like, this is such and such from such and such county, whatever. Uh, if anybody's parked on this side, please move, because it's uh, impending traffic, but please be safe. Like, they didn't know what the fuck to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a couple thousand kids, like... Yeah. Like, the fuck they couldn't shut do. it down, like... But, yeah, that was way before anything really, like, got weird. And it's crazy, because in that time, there was all this propaganda about drugs. And, mm-hmm. like, just recently, there's, like, things on Netflix now busting all that propaganda open, like, all about, like, rave drugs and all that. Did you ever think weed would be legal? Honestly, Honestly? No. No. Cause like you'd catch a you could catch a felony back in there off the swag off the swag. Dude, when I was all right, so that's another thing why I dropped out of high school was because I caught a fucking charge off swag. I was in culinary school on this like trade school. Right. And I left campus to go blaze with some homies and pick up some fire chronic. These kids were 
plugged in. Like, weed was different back then. Like, you could it find was. people that had fire that was, like, untouchable to anything you ever knew. So you would obviously go back all the time. And these kids I knew out of culinary school had that fire. So I was like, all right, we go link up. And I got followed by the fucking uh, security. It was like, oh, I watched you guys leave campus. Blah, blah, blah. And I took it. I took the case on the chronic and the swag. It's fucked up. Some bullshit. Yeah. On some black shit. I never thought it would be legal. Because, like, the last time I went into court over weed, the judge was like, I can't believe you're coming into my courtroom with dreadlocks and a hemp necklace. And it's like... Oh, he let you have it, huh? Dude. And even at the time, the clerk was like, damn, he was really mad at you. And... The penalty was a $100 fine. It was like, oh, okay. what are you going to do? It's decriminalized, like, you jerk. <laughs> like, I thought you were going to jail or something yeah. for, like, 100 days. He acted like it. And, that, like, that's what's fucked up is some people are never going to let that go. It's what? Crazy. Do you remember the first time you smoked weed? Yeah. Did you get high? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Can we, t- can we hear this? It was some chronic. Uh, I was at the skate park, actually, and these kids... Uh, that I always seen there skating. They were like, yo, we're going to go smoke some weed. You want to come? I was like, fuck it. Hell yeah. Sure. Like, I never tried that. My homie who had already tried it was like, yeah, yeah. Come with, come with. Let's go. Yep. And I got ripped as fuck, dude. How'd y'all smoke it? Uh, Just out of a joint. Is that just a joint? Rolled a joint up and smoked it? It was crazy. This was, it's so weird how far smoking weed has come because like this was back when people were still making little bongs out of like a honey bear okay you know those like, yeah i know exactly bear. what you're talking about like we made one you made like, one with a flashlight and a coke honey bottle bear. or you know Dude, all that the shit. most ghetto shit and now you have like rigs ten thousand dollar pieces like and people are into those pieces right oh totally we had a cat on here fuck i don't remember his name but he's like an influencer okay with the, with the pieces and all that, and that's how he kind of started. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I have to get his name for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy how far it's come, because I was so unhealthy back then. Right. <laughs> what about the first time you did a dab? Oh man, it, so it wasn't even really dabs yet. Is a hot knife? No, it was. So my first. The glass knife. My <laughs> first uh, introduction to hash oil. I was in New York. I was visiting a homie, and this dude was like, yo, I got this hash oil. Me and the homies made it. We used butane. It's so strong. Like, it's so good. And I was like, cool. Like, what's up? Yeah, let me try some. Let me try some. And we, he didn't have a way. He wasn't trying to, like... So in New York, it's different. The weed scene is way different. People are way stash. So he wasn't trying to really, like, smoke any of it unless I was trying to buy it. Right. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I will buy however much I need to get stoned. And he wasn't having that. So I was like, all right, I'll buy the whole thing. It was like outrageous, like $100 for this brand. Okay. Of like oil that was soup. Right. You know what I mean? You see dabs today, it's stable. So that oil (coughs) was obviously still solvent. It was so bad for you. But he takes a tinfoil thing. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, already yeah. smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just hit it over the 
over the tin foil with the toilet paper roll. And that was my first introduction to hash oil. But then the hot knives progressed exponentially past that. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. What do you think of the first time you did that? You smoked that so-called dab? So that got me higher than I've ever been. And it was fucked up because, like, he roasted the shit out of it to where my mouth completely was resonated. Uh (laughs) But real dabs, like, my first introduction to that was probably in, like, 2006, I'd say. And these cats, like, had this, like, tie swing. That was, like, the first time I ever took, like, a real dab. Mm -hmm. And they actually coined the terminology. They were like, oh, only a dab will do you. Like, it was, like, brand new. Right. And it was crazy. Like, the beginning of that shit, right? Yeah, the very beginning. Like, people make memes, like, being all funny. Like, oh, I've been dabbing since dabbing was dabbing. But, like, yeah. yeah. There's real shit (laughs) over here. (laughs) Been dabbing since. And what what was, like, the quality, like, at the beginning? Very poor. Like I said, it was, like, very dark color, almost almost green, uh, (laughs) just because the material was so bad. So, like, over time, people have realized that treating the material that you're going to make concentrate from is going to be way better if you treat it good. So now... What do you mean by treat it good? So now, for instance, like, with rosin you freeze the material before it's even dry. So you fresh freeze the material and then move on from there. So like you can make live resin or live rosin or other forms of concentrate. So back then when hash oil was first around, um, a lot of growers <clears throat> had all this trim that they'd been sitting on. Cause like forever people didn't even know what to do with their trim. Right. And so people are, when they finally figured out how to make concentrate, it was just all old material. Is that where you get the best concentrate from, is from the trim? No, it's from the nugs. The actual nugs, so you're grinding up weed. You kind of actually don't want to grind it up. So like the whole process for rosin, um, you freeze it right off the plant. So you cut it right off the plant into bags and then put those into the freezer. And are you talking the buds or just yeah. like, okay. So you would chop the whole plant down. You would de-leaf it and right. chop the buds down and then freeze that and then make bubble hash, if, you know, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Or solventless, as people call it nowadays. Um, and then you freeze dry, which is a new technology, um, the material. And back then, when you were first making hash... Um, you would never do that. You would just let it sit out and it would just like oxidize and not be anywhere near it is now. It's crazy. Right. But yeah, with like rosin, so basically you freeze dry everything and then squish that with heat and pressure to produce the rosin. So you're basically making like a completely um, smokable like outcome or like right. product it's basically like all the syrup from right. it right all the resin i mean essentially it's like the essential oils um out of the trichomes which are where like the most thc lies right one thing i always hear about or i would always see about people making you know shatter or wax or all that stuff is stuff getting blown the fuck up 
Yeah. Have you ever so, seen that? Uh, I don't want to put homie on blast, but yes, uh, my my garage caught on fire one time. Oh shit. Um, and homie was like actually yelling, soja, soja, pounding on the wall. I was blowing glass and I ran out to my garage and it was on fire. We were making BHO, we were making wax. Uh huh. A lot though, like a lot. A lot. We were shit doing, load. Like, we, and there's no reason that uh, the fire happened other than it was snowing. And when that happens, the moisture in the air uh, causes everything that you want to be shattered to wax up. So he took a heat gun to it and was like, making it go back to shatter right and it caught on fire and he got nervous and lifted it up and it flew everywhere and there's like master cases of butane around like some crazy shit on fire and uh yeah we put it out like you know another reason why I'm were you shitting oh my god <laughs> like i thought i was done you know what i mean like <laughs> Like when you say I, done, like done, like gone, like as I thought a, I was gonna die, blow up. Or you're, I thought I was gonna blow up for one, and then I thought I was for sure getting cops. raided for sure. Oh my god, because it was like we had an exhaust fan going, and so all the like fire obviously went out through the exhaust fan into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm done. You know what I mean? There was cans of butane. Like if this is the lid, it was like melted. Like so, it was probably. Pretty 30 seconds a minute away from blowing up blowing you know the fuck I mean? up like, so i was almost one of those people um but and that's crazy because that's after like thousands of pounds processed you know what i mean and so it's ha- literally it one in a million to, one in a thousand anybody yeah and it was happening to a lot of people because everybody wanted to get into it it was it was a wild time it was the wild west almost people were like doing it in hotel rooms and shit really yeah Damn. Some guy I read about, because I'm kind of into like what goes on in the whole industry. And one guy I read about in Florida was in a hotel, right? Like 30th floor, blasting some shatter. The butane seeps down to the boiler room in the main level, or like the ground level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Blew up the whole side of this hotel. Like it used to be so crazy. <coughs> People be burning themselves and blowing shit up. Like, you know anyone that's ever got hurt? No, thankfully. Yeah, that's crazy. Is the money that good though? Yeah, especially back then, because like if you had all this trim sitting around, uh, it's like stashed or yeah, like trash to stash, if you will. It was it was a crazy time. So a lot of these growers were like, "Damn, I have all this stuff that I've just been having sit in my closet. I'll make hash out of it." So you came up large. It was crazy. Nice. And what kind of made you transcend to the dab from the from the from the marijuana? Probably just efficiency. I feel like for how much I can ingest of THC, mm-hmm. which we'll probably have to take a break in a second. Uh, I found it way more efficient. I could smoke maybe like less than a gram over you know a small sitting or whatever and. It's going to cost, like, at the time, like, 40 bucks, 30 bucks. Right. But I could smoke, like, maybe a quarter in a sitting with the homies. Like, you roll Like, nothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you roll a few blunts and it's gone. I'm going to even say, not even with the homies, bro. Just solo, dolo. Like, what do you think? you incorporate the homies and then it's gone. Yeah, it's it's just super gone. What were you thinking you were blowing a day on flour? Easily. Easily a quarter, quarter, right? Yeah, easily. If not more. If not. Well, 
right, so I went to Jamaica one time, right? Mm-hmm. And they have these Rizla king size. And this dude down there, I tried to pass him my joint one time. He was a local. And he said, no Rasta, smoke. And ever since then, I was like, what? And he explained to me how much you can really intake. He was like, you can breathe and breathe and breathe and like circular breathe cannabis. And so I started getting higher than I've ever been down there. And yeah, I started smoking from like a couple bong loads to joint after joint after joint. Just, right. you know, Just like chain smoking. Bob Marley almost. Hey, who in your opinion right now has the best weed um, in the game? What what state? I would want to say for flower, probably California as far as flower goes uh, with the hype strains. Mm-hmm. As far as concentrate goes, though, which I'm, that's my life. Uh, I would say Colorado. I would say we definitely lead uh, by far most states for sure. We've been like the cutting edge of like how to do things and how to, you know, create. I feel like we definitely have the fire here. It's funny you say that because the homie Bright uh, said the same thing because he's in the Bay Area. Okay. He's been living out there for a couple months. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, the weed out here is ridiculous. It's better than Colorado. He's like, but the dab game is like, I miss all this concentrate and all that shit from Colorado. Yeah, so what they're on is like, <coughs> a lot of people on the West are still on the wax mm-hmm. and the shatter and like using solvent to get what they need done. And the reason that is because you have so much you just have so much material as you know with outdoor grows oh for sure they got that they go shit for crazy. fucking days yeah, huh? I've, I've trimmed out there like there'll be like 10 pound plants and then they have the trim of like hundreds of 10 pound plants so they're like hmm. fuck it let's just do BHO so one thing I heard is I heard the trim game in Cali is ridiculous like so, you could really make some crazy money and it's like not like it never ends yeah it's, like you said, if you have a like fucking 10-pound... So, go ahead. Um, I've been out there as a... They used to call it a trimmer grant. Mm-hmm. And you could, like, find jobs just randomly. But I actually had a homie that plugged me in. Right. So we went out to better. Cali and got the Colorado rate uh, per pound to trim. And you can crush it. Like, we met some people that were staying with us that... Uh, what is that real quick? What's Can you explain that? what you were just saying, the Colorado rate per trim? Oh, all right. So most people out there, they get paid hourly. Right. Unless you, like, know people. Out here, if you know people that are, like, in it and have been growing for a while, they're going to pay you per pound. So it's way better than hourly. Like, right. Way because if you're a good trimmer, you can make your whole summer's worth in, like, a few days. You know what I mean? So, like... The going rate at the time was like 200 a pound. That's pretty good. And it would be just dry material. So you can just sit there and just rage for eight hours. And I topped out at my best trim rate is a pound and three quarters in the eight-hour shift. So that's pretty decent. You can make like 200 plus, you know? Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. So if you stay there for like a few weeks, we met this uh, lady who was in from Holland, I think. Uh, that was crushing it. She would just sit there and trim literally like all day, all night, not take cigarette breaks, not eat with anybody. 
Like she was in it. She and supposedly that's what she did. She was just would travel around, go to garden to garden, and be like, "Hey, I'm here to trim." Knock it out, make yeah. some good ass money, huh? Yeah, because I mean, if you go from spot to spot, which they all need help. Right. I hear like yeah, it's out there like there's like a nonstop. Yeah, they well they're doing it so big that humans cannot. <laughs> easily do all that work and and that's you know what's what I mean? crazy is that's the difference like i always compare denver to la like we're like la but we're 10 years behind on everything yeah. so like you said like if we're doing it big here like on the weed like they're doing it Huge. and then they then it doesn't snow out there you know right. what i mean yeah they have a full season and you can totally tap into that by using that opportunity and they do i mean you can even see it like people will go out there and just cash in and then sell the property on Zillow. And you'll see like their 100 pound smart pots left behind in the Zillow photos. It's like, it's crazy, wild west. So you got like pretty much connections all over the United States with the, with the cannabis, huh? Kind of. It definitely allows you to like meet people and like uh, hang out with people that you normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's pretty cool that way. Where do you um like, What's the difference between where? What's the difference between how weed and cannabis is right now, to compare to when it first started? Like as far as being the medical, do you think it? Was, I think it was better back then at the very beginning. Yeah, definitely. So I actually got my start um, in that scene, serving a homie that owned a dispensary. Uh, Were you in those cats with a backpack with yeah. probably like twenty pounds of good ass weed, just and, going and dispensary edibles. dispensary? Okay. And edibles. And I also, uh, yeah, honestly, before then, you would just find people that were, like, moving really good weed. Or you would go up to, like, Red Rocks, and there'd be a concert going on, and all the out-of-town people would have fire. So I would just, like, go up to Upper South and know that, like, people would, for, like, such-and-such such band would have that fire. And before medical, I would say for sure it was way better because... Once it started going legal, everybody that didn't really, like, know about this culture tapped in. Oh, yeah. People that don't really even get stoned, well, especially now, but in the beginning, it was really odd when people don't get stoned and, like, run a business in cannabis. So it made it hard for everybody. Like, everybody, including my friend, he, like he had a dispensary and was allowing me to sell my product and yeah like all the licensing that colorado started in the beginning with made it way too hard for people for the medical yeah it was crazy when the medical was going on they made it the hardest fuck and then when it became recreational it was kind of easier almost so like they didn't know well you gotta hand it to colorado for doing the best they could with what they had because it was all brand new. Right. You know what I mean? We're definitely innovators t- right. to all this shit. So, like, there used to be people on the board of the MED that made decisions. Like, some of the first dab heads are the people that decided you can't make concentrate at your house. Or you can't have such and such amount of plants at your house. Or whatever. It was all so brand new that, like... People like you or me were deciding the rules. Right. And it's never really been checked, like, why can't I make concentrate at my house? You know what I mean? This day and age, if I'm safe with it and whatever, like, 
so yeah it changed a lot like definitely people became like way more wanting to use the plant for wealth rather than healing right you know like i've always wanted to just get people stoned which in turn is a medication right like growing flower definitely can offer healing to certain people like think about the people that wait you know a whole eight hour day shift and then get off and smoke a bowl you know what i mean and that bowl is your flower like Mm -hmm. that's like some healing you know and that you can't really just do in the medical anymore you can't just be like hey i grow this tree and i want to offer it to the people so yeah it's changed a lot how'd you get into the edibles um so honestly like i hung out with these kids at red rocks one time and i saw them crushing it uh in the edible hustle okay um and they had me help them one time and i was just up there selling hat pins and some of my glass and a few like trinket type things do you do you go up there on the regular to sling stuff not anymore not anymore they got cameras that follow you um very very closely like walmart okay um, but it used to be just like just free, free for all <laughs> especially when like the dead would come through oh shit bro like i said i've been to a couple of dead concerts and yeah. that shit was some crazy ass shit yeah. and that was the best drugs i done ever got you know what i mean you know? <laughs> right yep so yeah just mainly i would be up at red rocks and i saw this dude over and over again because you kind of see the same people mm-hmm. you know what i mean you're always up there and yeah, he was crushing it, and he asked me to help him one time when fish came into town. And I had made edibles before. Like, I had my own granola company, and I had my own, like, cookies and stuff like that, simple stuff. Right. Um, but he was making, like, hard candies, and I think it was, like, jerky or something, like, you know, off the wall. And I was like, damn, I just helped this dude make, like, couple bands over the weekend like what's up with this whole thing right and started did he really, break you off yeah i was like working for him oh, you know, God. So, yeah, he, he hooked you up yeah and since it was how lucrative to him he definitely was generous it was tight so yeah i realized there was like this whole thing aside from just the homies so like i had friends that would eat cookies and you know stuff like that like yo let me get stoned like make me a batch of brownies or whatever but then I started seeing like you can definitely get people stoned on like a way broader scale. Right. You know? Like some people like don't like to smoke. Yeah. Especially at concerts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And especially at the time, it was so illegal and like being out in the open about smoking, even sometimes now still in places. I don't know, bro. Back in the day we smoked everywhere. Like we so didn't give a fuck. Like so did I, but some people uh-huh. get so paranoid. Yeah. You know, they'd rather eat a candy than instead of He's smoking. Right. So, Not even that let you know that, that they are high. Right. It's undercover shit. Right. All right. Well, see, so you had a story, too, that you wanted to tell, right? Of what? About agent. Oh, yeah. So, about being that we're talking about the whole, you know, medical, you know, marijuana. Yeah, for sure. So I actually knew him a little bit uh, through painting mm-hmm. and um, subsequently um, helped him with cannabis um it was crazy so yeah take us through it take us through a long story take us through and then we're gonna take a break after that so um one time i was painting with uh cohen 
and this dude walked up on us and it was agent at, at the time he wrote ints and i met mm-hmm. that dude way back then and um, back in the day he used to actually come yeah rest in peace and that's where this is going honestly um he used to hang out at this grilled cheese spot and like i started knowing him as a person and things like that a lot of writers came through there like it was actually a trip it was kind of surreal but um anyway so knew him then and then kind of just like went our own separate ways i was doing my own thing he was in a crew that i had some problems with at the time and um yeah so i didn't really like talk to him anymore right you just kind of met him right so my homie subsequently my big homie who's like an influence in like knowledge things like that clue um was really tight with them and it was through many things aside from that grilled cheese spot at the time it's no longer a place anymore um it was cheds i don't know if you ever ate there fucking fire it was i remember they had a thing going man like it was a grilled cheese spot that everybody hung out oh, at. okay i've heard about it yeah it was chill so big homie was the manager there and he hit me up and he was like yo I have a friend that's ill right now. Um, He didn't really say what was going on. He didn't really say who it was. Um, He just said he needed help, and he knew that I had been helping people currently with cannabis oil, with helping their cancers. So apparently that's why he hit me up. So he's like, yo, I need you to go talk to this dude and see what's up with him. Like, he has tumors, and that's all he really told me. So I pulled up to this guy's house and I didn't know who it was going to be he just said it was a friend that needed help right agent answers the door and at the time like I said he was in a crew that I was unfavorable with right so, so I thought kinda, I was about to get punked he thought some shit was going to go down I thought for whatever reason even though like me and the big homie are like absolutely unbreakably tight you never know this day and age like, you know what I mean? I just thought, like, it was weird. Of all people, that dude answers the door, and he's like, yo, I need to talk to you, man. Like, not on some graffiti shit. Like, you want to come in for a second? And he opened up to me. He was like, dude, I have tumors in my head, and Clue told me that you might be able to help me with, you know, at least easing the pain or maybe, you know, fucking up this cancer. Right. And I was like... And what did you do? I was like, let's do it. I was like, I think I have the way because, as I said, currently I was helping this woman with stage four breast cancer with an oil, and her cancer was going into remission. Right. And how did you kind of come up with this oil? Was it some shit you've been concocting for a while? No, not me, personally. So there's a dude, Rick Simpson, who makes a... It's like a full-spectrum oil. Okay. And basically what that is, he takes a whole plant and cooks it down in Everclear or a solvent. And it makes basically hash oil from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you eat that. And you're supposed to eat that at 1,000 milligrams That's a, a fucking lot. That's a lot. Like 1,000 milligrams a day over the course of 180 days, and it'll kick cancer's ass. Like you'll be in remission, you'll be good. So... Knowing that knowledge, I came up with something that was a lot more pure (laughs) because Shatter at the time, Tess set 
70, 80% THC. And then CBD is available in 99% isolate. So I decided to mix the two and offer it to this woman and it was working. So I took that knowledge and I offered it to agent. I was like, look, if you eat this much, you're gonna be at least out of the pain that you're in or we can maybe start fucking this cancer up in your head. Like, let's make these tumors go away. Right. You know? And he was open to it because at the time, what else are you going to do? Yeah, you don't he really was, have much of a choice. He was being offered radiation and things like that, and he wasn't for it. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, I'm going to give you this and gave him a regiment. Like, you can't just start, like, 1,000 milligrams, jump right in. Right. You got to kind of ramp up. And... I mean, he's kind of like, he drinks and did drugs and stuff, but, I mean, he doesn't eat edibles by the 1,000 milligrams. Nobody does. Right. I don't either. It's a lot, bro. Dude, it's a lot. But it started working. Um, He was maybe like 60 days in, and he hit me up and was like, my doctor said, whatever you're doing... uh, keep doing it because your tumors are actually not growing anymore they're some of them are getting a little smaller and i i honestly teared up i was like damn like this this is working like right let's, let's keep to it so gave him a bunch more um and that supply ran out and yeah like it was all through donation like uh just because i have concentrate all the time at my fingertips so helping that woman and agent was actually just like i feel like i was just like a vessel of cannabinoids to help them you know what i mean right and it was crazy because after that supply had run out and i was kind of like in the middle of making more or something was going on to where like he had ran out and he was like yo let me get some more of that oil and I explained to him like I had been donating it to him and like what sucks is like people and money are like so indifferent and he kind of got weird like knowing how much I had just donated to him right because that shit wasn't cheap right and I didn't care though because like I said I had a bunch so yeah it was just reserved like I feel like cannabis is healing before knowing any of this I've always thought that it by Rasta that it is healing and it's going to bring people together in ways that, like I said, like the weirdest people you ever met are going to come together and smoke a blunt. You right. Know? Like, so, yeah, basically he felt really indifferent about me donating so much. I was like maybe a hundred days in, um, which is a couple grand already, you know, and he was like, well, I don't really have the pocket to pay for any of this like can I give you something in trade and I was I was like yeah like you know that goes back to the beginning of all things like yeah let's trade some shit and it ended up being like an uh, HO scale train which I have in my collection that uh there are probably too many of those motherfuckers around so there's like one honestly (laughs) one Uh, and I'm really probably not supposed to speak on it but rest in peace Mike Um, I wasn't really supposed to have this but it was because of our interaction uh, that he was down to do that train for me 
And I guess a lot of people had asked him to do HO scale trains in the past and he wasn't really for it, but like he crushed it for me. He taped off all the numbers, did it with a brush, like the whole you, nine. You got a gem. Yeah, that I'll forever be humbled by. There might be another train out there that Gates may or may not have, uh, cause I gave him two. After the first one, I was like, let me get another one of these. Like, <laughs> he fucking murdered this. Like, I gave him an auto rack uh -huh. because that's where I first met him. There used to be this auto rack place that everybody was painting. Mm -hmm. Everybody. He, he drove up from Colorado Springs that night we met him. All the way up just because it was auto racks in Denver. Like, oh, my God. King was actually out here one time and mm -hmm. painted these auto racks. Uh, it was a big deal. So I gave him an auto rack, and I was like, paint this shit and he passed and i don't know if it's out there anymore or if it ever got painted well i actually know it got painted because i asked him for it and he was like yeah i still got it but i never got it so. r.i.p man yeah rest in peace mike well shoot we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna t come back and talk about all kinds of graffiti all kinds of trains freights you name it yeah we'll, that's what's up be right back And we're back. It's your boy, Joe Thunder, back once again. You know what I'm saying? Got to take that chronic break, that bathroom break, that take munchies break. Dabs. Yeah, dab break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we ain't talking about the slipper. dance. You know what I'm saying? But we back. What's up, man? How you doing? You feeling Chill. better? You rejuvenated? Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Me too. Smoked about a blunt. Eat a little fungus. A little something, something. You, you know, know what I mean? Up doing good you know what i'm saying <laughs> but we about to talk about graffiti now man so you've been painting a fucking gang of freights for a long ass time how many you, how many you think you got bro um so a lot of people really probably don't chase numbers like i do but i stay pretty on top of it um i'm all over 600 easily damn and that's like full color pieces not just tagging them, not just catching hollows or fill-ins, like burners, if you will. Burners. A lot of people don't see my stuff as burners, but whatever. I paint. Fuck them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, yeah. you got 600 up, right? Right. What's kind of like your favorite, um, what to say, um, train to hit? Right now, um, because I've never really had the opportunity to paint them very often, uh, cryos for sure. Right. They've been coming through the state for the last like couple years now, solid, which they never really have, which is wild. Like there was a change or a shift in shipping of wine uh -huh. and beer, and now these flat panel trains are coming through more than ever. And that's what's in them, or what? Yeah. Wine, <laughs> wine and liquor. Yeah, not liquor, just wine and uh, beer. Okay. Mostly wine. Do you ever find wine? Yeah. While painting? Yeah. All the time? Do you get drunk? No. I don't really drink that much, honestly. Uh, but I do find them. Like, I feel like it's probably just like... Uh, Set not, up? No. <laughs> yeah, take these bottles. No, like, uh, I feel like the forklift driver is uh -huh. probably just like sloppy. And they fall. And you'll find like pretty nice bottles of wine broken on the ground uh which you can definitely put two and two together what's going on how long you been painting man uh like 16 years 
16. Probably pretty tough. Well, like 17. Right. Yeah. And was Soldier always the first name? Uh, no. For, <laughs> for a minute, I wrote something funny. I was writing two cans. Two cans. Like two chains with two cans? Yeah. But that lasted for only like a little while. <clears throat> That's funny. Yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? What are kind of some like some of the rules on companion trains? Um, so everything that a graffiti writer is going to tell you about that is probably not on point. Right. <laughs> to be honest, you're in a situation where you're painting on things that are basically like a USPS box. Some government shit. Needing to go somewhere. So it's like the rules that I could tell you aren't even going to pertain to what these workers need us to not be doing to their boxcars. You know what I mean? Me personally, I know enough to like not go over the numbers. I bring tape and magnets to be very thorough to like not go over any reporting marks, obviously, and like ways that they do ship these boxcars. But yeah, you just got to be aware of what they actually are which is like a moving freight object. That shit could really hurt you. Right. It's crazy. I've actually almost died one time um, in a yard. <clears throat> you want to talk about that? or? Sure. Um, I was catching tags with my friend Effett, and there's this like thing that happens in train yards that I wasn't really familiar with at the time, mm -hmm. where <clears throat> when they're working a line, they will bump a boxcar or a hopper and just let it ghost into the yard right. without anything attached. So at the time, they had ghosted a line of maybe like six boxcars, and they crashed into us um, without any sound, just bam. You didn't, even hear, you didn't hear them coming at all, no, right? No, not at all. And it hit so hard that Effett crashed into me from the boxcar hitting him. And we both fell over almost under the train. Golly. Uh, probably the scariest moment for sure. Like. How long did it take you to finish your piece after that? Oh, I didn't. We left. You just left, said fuck it. Yeah. And yeah, that's close calls, man. Like you said, you can't really be fucking playing around well, with when those. When they do that, they just let it go down a hill, basically. So whatever momentum that train has. It gets, yeah, it's going to hit hard. And like you said, that's a lot of weight behind that motherfucker. You can get crushed yeah, in a even second. Even when they're empty, they're so heavy. <clears throat> Dang, that's crazy. What's another one? Never paint in the main yard? Yeah, definitely. Why so, don't you paint? I've always wondered, why don't you paint in the main yard? Is this too hot? Too many workers or what? So out of direct experience, um, there are certain yards that they patrol with ATV out here. Um, and <clears throat> it's not common like every night but that's one thing in the main yards and i think that's just for safety of people riding on the trains right not, like hobos and shit yeah not writing on them. right <laughs> but that's a big reason and then they have so many shift changes in these main yards that there's constantly constant movement constant people and basically the authoritative figures as you would call them bulls uh -huh. which is like 
the rail authority has their own group of security. Yeah, I was going to tell you how explain that real quick because like if like you said you can't get arrested by the regular police, you got to get arrested by the bulls, right? So yeah, they have their own authoritative group of people that regulate what happens in their train yards. So if you're trespassing, you're not just trespassing in the county that you're in. You're trespassing whatever rules the train company govern has. that yeah so it's like if they're on some federal shit you're going to be facing some pretty deep charges so you definitely have to be careful in the like more high trafficked areas so that makes sense so that's why you want to kind of stay out there because it's probably like federal in the main yard where if you find a little cut it's probably just going to be some business um essentially so there are places that receive and ship goods from and those are going to be basically the ones that you would assume and hope <clears throat> are going to hold less of an anger towards it as far as like having it be patrolled or if they were to catch you there they're not going to throw the book at you the same as if you got caught in say a manure yeah they're not going to trip on you yeah. i said well i know in cali man they've been that there's so much jacking going on they've gone to the drones right well, you Supposedly can't even... that's happening out here with um, back to those cryos. Like people are getting very excited about these new trains coming through, mm -hmm. and supposedly there's been drones seen. Um, and I think it would be for other reasons, but supposedly that's happening. Oh man, watch out! Watch out! You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. So I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but what kind of got you into the trains or the freights? Um, Mainly just seeing people <clears throat> that weren't alive anymore that were up on these freights and being like, okay. Like, who would you see? Uh, Riot was one of them for sure. Over and over again on these, like, coal cars and, yeah, mainly just coal cars. I would see the suit's name that had been passed away for probably, like, six years prior to when I started really getting into it. So it was like... All right, this is kind of cool. Like, I might be able to have some sort of longevity outside of my life. If I continue to paint them throughout right. my life, they might outlast me. So I was like, this might be something that I could spend some time doing, and it might be worth it. You remember the first time hitting a train? Uh, I've caught tags on them before I really, like, painted a piece on one. When's the first time you painted a piece? Uh, it was probably like a year or two into it. I was dating this girl that was like up north in college. And I always saw these freights as I was driving by to go chill with her and smoke weed. And yeah, basically kept seeing a lot of the same names. And... <clears throat> My bad. No, you're good. Cotton mouth killer. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I kept seeing the same like names over and over again and then went and tried it and it was pitch black in the middle of this cornfield. Had no idea what I was doing. It was like the middle of winter and decided to like really try and paint some letters. Okay. Like, Did you go by yourself? Yeah. 
without any real influence. Like that's, what's been different with me about graffiti is like, mm -hmm. I don't really have like a big influence on like style or letters or like how to do it. I just like went and did it. Cause I was like, this is fun. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> so I was going to ask you, did you get pussy before or did you get pussy afterwards? <laughs> or did you get pussy then come home and then it hit was... it? before and then i'd go paint you uh, already know uh, <laughs> those college girls you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah it was her freshman year so she was like pretty wild and down to party and yeah I'd bring fire trees up there get stoned and go paint after right and you said this was Greeley, right you were up <coughs> yeah. at unc or what? yeah Man. which is crazy because that place is so foul of a town it smells as soon oh as you get God, there bro it sucks How's it painting there, though? Is it pretty chill? or? They used to have a pretty, like, frequent yard. Uh, it's died down a lot now. Now it looks like it's all kind of moved in town, like you said, right? It's yeah. kind of switched it up. You don't have to really, you know, go out unless you're dedicated. Yeah, this day and age, you really don't have to travel as far. Unless, like I said, you're like you or you're the, the homie BGN, you know yeah. what I mean? Y'all go looking for that shit regardless because y'all didn't hit everything in town. Well, what you can do is you can follow on maps and find where the layups are. And then go check them, you know what I mean? And speaking of BGN, like, he already was on that long before I met him. Right. So I was like, you know about this? You know how to follow maps? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, he put me on a little game with that. Like, you can just follow the, because it's always updated, right? Yeah. And it's right. crazy. Like, almost, like, pretty on point with Google Maps. Like, you can tell, like, obviously not if there's, like, layups there. But right. you can see if there was once mm -hmm. for a lot of occasions. So it's like... <laughs> You can go check. Be like, all right, these are here. Let's go see if they're there tonight. Right, and see if it lines up, coordinates. Right. And like you said, another thing that you guys got back in the day, or, you know, kind of, I don't know, maybe still to this day, is tracking trains, right? So that's been something that I've been, like, a nerd about. Right. <laughs> Which is, like, a lot of people are in agreement and disagreement of if it's even useful it, it to, goes like, both ways. to your average. Mm -hmm. But there is a train tracking phone number that uh, is for workers, obviously, that I sort of found out about and have related, actually, <clears throat> to a few writers about it. Like, oh, you know about this? Yeah, you know about this? You hear about this? Because the thing is, you can't just, like, punch in the number. You can talk it, but everybody's scared about doing that because it's, like, potentially monitored, right? Right. So the way you have to punch it in is, like, not linear. So everybody's, like, fucked up by it, so they don't fuck with it. And the people that know about it, they're like, why would you use that? Well, on some nerd shit, you can definitely track where your train is after you got it. And then if it's heading out into the next spot, which you know where it is, subsequently, you can go out and get a flick of it. Which, for me... Taking dabs, chilling, growing right. trees. No, 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 no. I don't no, want to no, no, wait no, around no. all week. No, 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 no. Trying to get things done to see my train or hope that somebody gets a flick of it. So I just right. use that as a personal way to, like, see where everything's at. It's also cool because you can see where your train is gone. You, you know, you can be like, where have I been in this universe or in this nation? You know what I mean? They go from Mexico to all the way to Canada so you can find out like 
where they are at the current moment if you wanted right. to. And nowadays, it's a lot easier with the gram and all that. You got people benching that shit. Back in the days, it was all about Polaroids or pictures right. that people actually benched, right? Right. So getting fame through painting trains was a lot harder than it is now, for sure. Right. Because you actually had to either have somebody that was like excited about trains taking pictures, and then your graffiti would be on them, or they were a, somebody that was out taking pictures. Right. You know what I mean, like, it's not like now where you can just post your own stuff and then get notoriety. Right. You ever into benching or anything like that? Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time. Not so much anymore because I'm, like, way more wrapped up in things. But right. when I was growing as, like, more of a full-time thing, I was definitely just spending every hour in the train yard. <laughs> seeing what was coming in, seeing what was leaving, seeing what I could paint, getting pictures of what I painted. Definitely got a lot of cool pictures of who was up at the time. Right. You can definitely see, like who your peers are how much work they're putting in you know what i mean it's pretty cool right and you've always kind of like stuck to like the train scene huh yeah for the most part kind of low-key yeah just because after i had gotten in trouble it's like what am i doing you know what i mean right. as it's probably set into any graffiti writer's mind like you're sitting there like what am i doing and so I started painting freights and realizing how cush it was. And it's just like, you know what I mean? Right. Do you have any any funny or kind of, you told me a funny train story <coughs> earlier. What's that? About Dulce. Oh. So I had just met Dulce maybe like. Shout out. She's the homie. Yeah. She's going to be on the podcast soon. She's I talked to her homie. today. I smoke her down all the time. She's <laughs> been a friend for a minute. And... um Let's see, when was that? I was dropping off Flex at Coz's house. And she was there, and I was about to go paint a freight. And I was like, you want to go? Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, let's go. Roll over to this place. It's like kind of deep in the mountains a little bit. It's west. I'm not going to say. Right. Uh, and we're going through these bushes. <clears throat> and we see a deer, and we hold up for a second because I was like, you know, there's a deer. And she goes, Soja, Soja, are deer nice? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about? And she goes, do they bite or anything? And I was like, oh, so they no. can. <laughs> like, they're chill, what do you mean? And she's like, I've never really interacted with one. I was like, you're good. I'm good. She ain't ever been seen the wildlife like that while painting, yeah, huh? she's definitely from, you know, the concrete jungle. I know I'm out here in the... <laughs> In the mountains, like, just fucking our friend. Right, that's funny. Shout out to the homie, though. Yeah, shout out Dulce. Real one since day one. What about any kind of crazy stuff in the train late night? You know what I mean? Shit's fucking... Yo, so a few times I've had some crazy shit happen. Like, one time I was up north, and these tweakers came into the yard and started just, like, sawing away with a power cutter, like... <laughs> something loud as fuck low in the spot like hacking some shit the fuck up huh? they rolled in turned off their headlights knew exactly what they were doing and then just like got to it got to work and i was like all right if this is happening now and nobody cares about them obviously you know and that was it i was like nobody cares about this like nobody's looking in a train yard where it's like there's probably somebody doing something it's right like, you can get so much done in a train yard it's crazy you ever been scared of seeing any ghosts? 
<sighs> Not on some ghost shit, but I've heard some really fucking weird noises. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you're like in an area of huge steel objects. So you're like, was that that creaking? Or is somebody like in the boxcar? Like, uh, what the fuck is going on? Some Freddy Cougar scraping yeah, shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, not even to be like on some tough guy. When I walk past an open boxcar, uh-huh. I'm nervous. I'm not even going to front. It's like, who the fuck or what the fuck is waiting in there on like some horror movie shit? You know what I mean? Like, right. You ever got so you ever got freaked out by any shadows or anything like that? See anything moving? I've seen some shit like some eyes, like oh shit, like nah, nothing like that. I, get the fuck I have out of had like some people very upset seeing us in a train yard though, for sure. Like who? And, like like homeless people or that? All right. So one time there's like a metal recycling uh, yard mm-hmm. in the city, and one time this dude was uh, throwing out all of this metal right and we're painting it and all of a sudden this metal starts flying the fuck out of the train car right and i'm like what the fuck and he looks over and sees us and he's like get the fuck out of here and we're like what the fuck like you're stealing metal from an already recycled place like fuck you you know what i mean like it's weird what you run into because it's not your normal like oh i'm in the city painting a wall it's like you run into like some of the weirdest, like grimiest shit you've ever thought of. Oh, like, I bet. In a train yard, you know? For sure, for sure. Hey, what are, we were talking about earlier, what are some of the train yards that you've painted that you like that are not, you know, outside of Colorado? Um, so I haven't traveled too, too far and done too much work yet, but uh, I definitely enjoyed my time in uh, Missouri. There's definitely a lot more train movement. That there. is a big ass train yard. And just a city of transit, you know what I mean? So they have a lot of things going through that is a lot more than here as far as It's like a main hub, direction. like, yeah, it's yeah. going, like, that's the middle of the map pretty much, right? Right. Everything's finding its way in and out of that spot. You can take that off if you want. We're, we're good with that shit, you know what I'm saying? Cool. Yeah. China, you know what I mean? We got cotton mouth. That's what's going on. We high as like a, a motherfucker. motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Definitely feeling things. Yeah, for sure. Where were we at? Oh, um, you said so. You so see, you haven't traveled much or what? Not as far as painting, though. I have traveled like as far as life, but not painting freights. Where's some places you think you might want to go? Um. So following the maps, there's definitely like some hot areas that I want to paint in. Um, out east, and I'm not really gonna say where because there's it might give up some things. Right, my bad, my bad. But what cities? Yeah, some stuff and uh, in the Midwest, there's definitely like some gems, and then down in Florida, obviously like the Tropicana's would be like a bucket list thing. Oh, for sure. Which is like a rare thing that most people don't even care about anymore this day and age but are there still reefers like i have i used to have a dvd like called reefer madness and not the oh, weed yeah. one but the trains so yeah so those things still rolling <clears throat> yeah what's crazy about um colorado is we never really got reefers often right because we don't have much um produce right it's produce and meat transit 
So for whatever reason, most of the meat transit that happens here is through semis and stuff like that. Right. So we don't really see reefers often, but there is a place uh, that they come. And yeah. Have you ever caught one? Yeah. More than one? that dude BGN caught one uh, a few months ago that was like negative 26 degrees uh, temperature inside of the boxcar. Yeah. So, like, they're still happening, and they're still rolling around active. Who's seen know? that shit? Uh, what do you mean? Like, who's who spotted and who hit who up? Or did y'all just go to the yard and that motherfucker was there? So, we caught wind that it might have been there, and we drove up there multiple times chasing this idea. Was it, it far? Might, yeah. It's like a three-hour drive. Oh, from here? Yeah. Shut the front door. Shut yeah. the fuck up. So, people don't want to do it. Right. Actually, it's like two and a half hours. From well, still. Yeah. So you're saying at multiple times you and Biggin fucking drove to this place thinking it was there and it was not there. Yeah. And we drive up there one time and there it was, which is an Armin, which is like a reefer, which is like probably only the third time I've ever seen one in Colorado. You know, so I was bugging. I actually shook that dude's shoulder like, oh my god, oh. right? <laughs> Fucking reefer. But yeah, I mean, there's been other ones that have rolled through the city yards, the main yards, like the BNSF ones. I painted one of those, um, but never an arm and flat. Like that's like a brand new thing in Colorado, for sure. So let me ask you this: like you said, we we really don't paint the main yards, uh-huh. but if that ideal train. Is in the main yard. Are you gonna take a fucking chance? Exactly. No. So through etiquette of trains, you don't want to do that because future opportunity. You know what I mean. Uh Lately, though, we have been uh, (laughs) overstepping comfort levels a little bit to get the certain ones. You know what I mean. But it's been working out. It's yeah. It's interesting because, like I said, there used to not be, like, a huge uh, movement of freights in Colorado the way that there is now. Right. And what were you talking about? The The reason to that was because of the rule? What were you talking about? So, right now, there is a lot of new boxcars and a lot of new, pretty much a lot of every type of car on the freights, except for, like, new coal cars being made. Um, because there's a rule 80 which is basically it states if a car on the rails is older than 40 years, mm-hmm. it has to be scrapped, essentially. And if the maintenance has been kept past that 40-year limit to 50 years, there's exceptions. But So right now, like a lot of the trains um, that are nostalgic from like the 76 era and later are getting scrapped. So They're on their you, way out. Yeah, if you really want to stay on top of it, you have to keep painting. Because honestly, like out of the 600 plus I mentioned, I would assume probably like at least 100 or so have been scrapped for sure. Okay. Just because they're old. Just, yeah, everything, you know, has its time. Yeah. You ever do any whole cars? Yeah. What's I that like, bro? Efficient. <laughs> And it's a lot of fun, honestly. I've done 16 of them um, personally, and one crew 
roller when I was in a crew. Um, but I say efficient because you can cover a lot of space in the time that people can get the same amount of work done on a panel. Um, and for instance, I was with a homie, I'm not gonna say, cause it'll kind of like clown a little bit, but we were under uh, this bridge and this line rolled in that normally doesn't roll through. And I was ready to do a roller and all he had was cans. And in the time he did his can fill, I did a whole train, so. For real like that. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever rolled a wall, like, you know that you can really get into that, some elbow grease and cover the space. <laughs> Not for sure, for sure. Is that like one of your favorites? Or do you got to be it in the mood? I used to be all about it, honestly, because I used to let ego drive my graffiti, which is silly, because it shouldn't be that way. So I stopped doing them as much. But I used to just have this like feeling that I had to prove something to everybody. So I would roll trains and just a lot of them. And for self-interest, because it's pretty cool to see your name rolling, honestly. Fuck yeah, on a big ass hold. Yeah, on a hold. On a hold. And it's been lucrative. Like I get people that have benched me in like the most pristine settings. You know what I mean? It's like. Give me an example. Uh, there's a train crossing this bridge over another bridge, so it's like over double two, bridge. Like two train trellises. Yeah. And then there's like a river in the foreground that this dude. I don't even know who he was, but he benched me. As it's like crossing oh, that's dope. the bridge. I have it on my page, but yeah. <clears throat> Is that one like your favorite like pictures that anyone's ever benched from you? Or? Yeah, I actually said that that's like the epitome of why people do what I do. You know what I mean? Because like, you never know who's going to see that message in the bottle or who's going to ever see you after you paint because they go literally everywhere. So it's like, you never know who's going to even have their camera. Exactly. So it's pretty cool. What do the people like around you, like parents and brothers and all that, think about like your graffiti? I don't think they really know. Like I said, my brother's in the Air Force. If I told him, he'd probably see it as a liability. So he he doesn't know then? No. Your parents don't know? Um, kind of? Yeah, they know a little bit, but not how thorough I am about it. And not at my age that I'm still like painting at almost 100 trains a year. That's a fucking lot. It takes... <laughs> time out of your regular scheduled program <laughs> that's a good way to put it brother how do you get your paint uh just through my hustle just yeah like yeah. i've never been one to like be about stealing just because of like my values as like what i believe in but thankfully i have like hustles that are able to provide no nah, i like, totally get it growing trees can be one of them you know what i mean yeah is it harder to get paint nowadays? What do you think of these high high um, prices on paint? It's fucked up. It's gouging for sure. I've actually switched to Montana. Shout out Left Side Gallery right. uh, for having supply. But yeah. Uh, what were you using before that was? Painter's Touch for years, years and years. And I swear by that. And then BGN was like, yo, start using this. It's better in the winter this that the other and we actually have a bet that i told him i was like because i painted a train where he had montana and i had painter's touch uh-huh 
And I swear the painter's touch is going to outlast that shit. But lately, because prices are so high, I'd rather support local. You know what I mean? I'd rather yeah. support yeah, like prices of painter's touch is like six fifty nine a can or some shit. They were saying the other day seven dollars for Rusto. Yeah. It's fucked up. Home Depot, you got the designers cheaper. Yeah. So like why wouldn't you? But uh-huh. we'll see. Because honestly, like I used to buy Montana in the beginning when I first really didn't know, and I mm-hmm. had a lot of trains fade really fast. Mm. So we'll see. Marketing. We'll see. Test of time. We Can shall. Companies, Montana. Hey, did you have any kind of cats that you looked up to and um, that kind of did trains? You know what I mean? When you were kind of doing your thing or kind of uh, first getting into it, besides, you know, the people you were seeing on the way to Greeley? Yeah, like. Uh, so it's actually still over there. There's a caboose that Jabber painted uh, right off of the highway. Right. Uh, off of like I-70 actually. And seeing that, I was like, damn, this, this is really dope. And then I would see that name all over, like that ninja face, you know what I mean? Yeah, did you ever have um, a rooftop over there? It wasn't quite like a rooftop, but it was like, I don't even know how to explain it. I guess it was kind of like a rooftop, but it was like white. Um, Probably like a couple blocks down from there. It was like, I don't even know what kind of company it is. I don't know. I just kind of, that kind of comes to my mind. It was back in the day, bro. Not off the top of my head. I, uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty stoned right now, though. No, I hear that. (laughs) Shit, me too. I can get it, man. What, what kind of advice you got for the new cats coming into the game, man? What do they need to do? Just be yourself. I mean, honestly, don't give in to what the standard of graffiti is or should be. Um, yeah, it's always stretchable. You always stretch it. You always flip it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, painting a surface is already, like, a fucked up thing if you think about it. So... Who cares about what you do or how you do it? You know, like, that would be my first sound piece of advice to the youth. Because I was taught that it was, like, what everybody thinks matters. And really, like, your peers don't matter. Your own feeling about it matters, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing that comes along with fucking graffiti is beef. Yeah. You've had beef with... Yeah, you've had beef with quite a few people, right? Here and there, uh, yeah, unfortunately, because I try and keep it on like some very peaceful energy because I'm a Rasta and things like that. But there is a duality of Rasta where you're a lamb and you're a lion. You know what I mean? And like sometimes people walk all over you, and you have to be that lion and stand up. Uh huh. And that's all it's really been. Is there like a lot of beef in the, in the train scene? Not really much that people act on unless it, like, boils over to that. You know what I mean? And, like, sometimes, as what I've been involved in has boiled over to the trains and probably will stay on the trains for a long time. Not end anytime soon? I would like for it to, to be honest. Like, as a person, as, like, a soul being. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But because there's been so much, like, wrongful things done on the other end, it probably won't ever be let go of. 
like yards have been like blown and like workers have noticed like the yard being blown on purpose and mm -hmm. like, certain trains never came back to that layup still to this day like that's a big part of why i like hold on to things and what do you mean by that i'm a little confused like so like there used to be cryos that came through uh the state like before current right there's a lot of them so like catching them was a fucking needle in a haystack you were very fortunate in colorado to catch a cryo and the only reason that they were coming here was because they were getting repaired and at a repair spot you're definitely not supposed to let it be known that you're painting there right you know what i mean because they're hands-on on the train they're probably doing wheel work or welds or whatever so if you're obvious about that shit you're blowing the yard for sure and that's what had happened like beef spilled over to where i painted a cryo and then i got gone over and then i got it back because i was like fuck this and then they went back over me and wrote a bunch of stupid shit right and then like the proof is out there on Flickr and stuff the workers like took the orange vinyl stickers uh -huh. and like stamped this cryo worse than i've ever seen so like they what do you mean so they like put sections of like vinyl stickering over the throwies that were over my shit right and why as, did they do as that like a like like a diss to y'all yeah totally so it was like you blew the spot fuck you guys because like they've never repaired cryos at that spot ever again so, yeah. so basically, they did some foul ass shit that caught the attention of the workers. Right. Now and the wor I was in the middle of it, so. Yeah, and now the workers are like, fuck all y'all yeah. type shit. Yeah, which sucks. Because it was like a 10 year gap before Cryos ever came back to Colorado, and it's not even to get repaired anymore. It's something totally different. Right. Why did you, why do we say, did we talk about why we think, why they're coming back or? Um, I feel like the lines have just changed um, direction of where certain things are being shipped and like certain distributors maybe opened up shop here. Right. Or like, you know, got bigger here. Or, or moved here. Yeah. I don't really know like the in and outs that tough. I know that like, uh through the trains needing to be swapped out. That's mm -hmm. like the reason for all these lineages coming through. And those are the new beer boxes essentially. So it's like, that's just a shift in the trains. It's not like, oh, we're gonna put out flat trains because they're amazing. It's just what they're doing. Now. Right, you gotta love those white panels, right? Yeah, everybody does right now. It's, unfortunate but it's great <laughs> is it kind of gotten out of control or what it is people that definitely don't paint freights as much as or ever are coming out of the woodworks to get them which props to them but it also like puts a hurting on the whole noticing of what's happening in the train yards because like people that don't know the inner workings of like how to move in a train yard don't come into it with that knowledge and they'll maybe like park in the wrong place. Right, or just kind of walk in the front door type of shit. Right, instead of like, yeah, being covert and, you know. And it's not like a shameful thing because they don't know any better, but it also like puts a hurting on the people that have like been around for 
know, decades. So. Would you say that's the difference between, you know, older cats and the youth? They just don't know? Or maybe they're um, a little more, like, brazen about it? Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like you just have, like, with breaks, you have to be a nerd. Like, and I feel like a lot of people don't want to put in that time and, like, really learn, like, the ropes of, like, how to be respectful. It's like a graffiti thing, like, fuck this, I'm here, I'm painting my name, like, whatever. You know what I mean? But it goes so much deeper than that. And so some people are willing to, like, learn all that, but not necessarily. Like, it's kind of an older thing, you know, to, like, be aware of, like, what's actually going on. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's the, um, you know, a bunch of people that paint trains, right? Yeah. What's like the oldest cats you know that paint trains? Um, probably that are still doing it. I would say. Uh, probably in their fifties. Yeah, that's that's viable for sure. Will you ever stop painting trains? At this point in my life, I'd probably say no. Honestly, I'm I'm not gonna say my exact age, but I'm like closer to forty than I am thirty. Um, so I didn't think I would keep painting this long. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely in it because it's so enjoyable. I'll definitely keep doing it. Like for me, it's like a personal thing at this point in my life. Like I don't have any ego behind like oh, I need to get my name up so many times or X amount of times a year or whatever. It's just, it's just fun it's for you. Yeah, it's just fun. It's enjoyable. And, and if I ever pass away anytime soon or with before my trains fade, it'll just be another way to like have some sort of longevity, which is kind of nice because like in the scheme of things, we're not really much on this earth. No, we're not here so, long. Right. And it's so really it's hard to make a mark. Right. And that's like one of very fleeting ways to do it because eventually the paint will fade and the rule 80 will come into effect again. And, and you'll be out and so. unfortunately one day, you know, yep. that's why you keep it going, right? Try to, for sure. And that's why I think I probably won't stop. Do you have like a goal <laughs> no. for like the year? No. Do you have like I used to. I used to hold myself very like strict about it and be like almost a job. Mm -hmm. And be like, oh, you have to paint tonight. Go, go, go. But no, not anymore. I have so much other other things going on that, like, it's just... Everything comes and goes for a reason in my life, I feel like. Right. So it's like, even the trains that I've, like, recently gone over people on pertaining to what I was speaking on. Right. I'm not, like, seeking them out. They're coming into these layups that I just am at. You know what I mean? So it's like... I kind of just see it as like it's a part of my life that I'll probably hold on to for the rest of you know <clears throat> rest of it yep fuck I had another question for you I'm a little high right now true if you don't know you can check out Be Good Dispensary they got the good fire for you you know we appreciate them yeah man blessings I was going to ask you, damn, I can't remember, bro. Do you have any um, rules that you don't do when you go painting? Um, or is there anything that if you see when you're about to go painting that will say you're like, nah? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, basically it's just leave no trace. You don't want anybody to know you're there, obviously. 
Right. Um, it's definitely more of a stealth mission than kind of city bombing or oh, city yeah. graffiti. If you're in the city, you can just throw your tips, throw your cans, like whatever. Leave your gloves if you wanted to. But when you're in a yard, you definitely don't want to do that as far as workers finding it and being like, oh, people are painting here. So you have to really be on your P's and Q's, if you will. Like, you have to pack up everything. Well, they really notice that shit. They will. Um, I don't know if they're going to care. There's, like, rumors around that people are very, you know, they care and things like that. They'll call authority. But from my experience, graffiti writers are a lot more paranoid than things actually are. Right. Because there's drips and tips left in yards all the time. And the train movement is not stopping. It's not going to change over. You know, they might add some security cameras or have a bull come through mm -hmm. because of that. But it's not like the freights are ever going to stop because they find tips. Right. Oh, no, yeah, totally. But it's going to keep pushing. that's one huge rule. Like, you have to leave no trace, absolutely, and just respect what's already been on the trains, obviously. Uh, because it's written history. It's like a history book rolling around the country. So you want to respect what's on them, and then obviously your surroundings. Hell yeah. Hey, what's the most um, trains you've hit in a 24-hour period? Uh, three. And that's like three front-to-back full pieces. But I've probably like if I'm just doing throwies or catching tags, like almost 100, you know? Yeah, man. Do you do scribes at all? Is it is it the or not scribes? Monikers? monikers? Yeah. Not a lot. Like I never really picked like an alter ego to do that with, which I should. Because uh -huh. you're they're enough, right? Right. I so that's the thing. It's like this weird paradox because a lot of people don't really agree with like catching every train or a lot of them on the line because they have this overly paranoia of like oh, train workers are going to notice and they're going to stop. That's what I've heard. You know what I mean? I don't really agree with that. It's like, but I am respectful and I don't catch monikers on everything. Just right. out of that. But it's like, thinking about it and speaking about it, it's like, it's silly. There's like silly rules that everybody abides to that are like, why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I honestly don't think like the train workers are going to be like, oh man, this guy tagged every single train. He must have been here. Like, I don't think it's stopping anything. Like, right. But everybody is very paranoid about No, that. I've heard that before quite a few times. Yeah. Have you ever, um, where's, a, where's a couple, like, crazy places that you've been in town or maybe even out of state or, you know what I mean, out of the city where you see one of your trains? Uh, just actually the other day I was driving back from New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I was down at Meow Wolf. Uh, there was a concert there. Um losing my mind a little bit on psychedelics at the show yeah. and I'm driving back super early in the morning and there's one of my freights and like a homie who I was with who has no idea of any of any this. graffiti or anything I'm bugging out like oh there's one of my freights he's, like, he's, uh, like, uh, he's uh. like what I'm like dude could you take a picture of that and he's, he's like, like what he's like why <laughs> yeah, like, I give you the 20 questions yeah, I know exactly like, what you're talking like, about why do you want me to take a picture of this train just drive I'm like, <laughs> fool. Yeah. if you don't take a picture of the train you're gonna be walking yeah you take a picture of it? Yeah. Or did you have to fucking... No, he took a picture. <laughs> I actually chased it down and, like, made it even probably more awkward. Like, 
to get a good picture. Did you t- did you tell him or what? I was going like 90, and I'm like, we're gonna get a picture of this train real quick. <laughs> but no, so you never told him that it was you. Oh no, I did. Oh, okay. I was like, this is my shit. Like, oh yeah. This is what I be telling you about. No, he didn't really know the depth of like that, but yeah. What he what he what was his reaction when was it when he seen you know what I mean or he was just surprised that I was like about to crash the car <laughs> to get a picture <laughs> of this train like, <laughs> yeah 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 that's funny dog because not everybody gets excited about trains right it's like a really like weird like like I said nerdy thing <clears throat> where else any place else um just when they come back through it's cool to see them. You know, after like a few years, when like one comes back to a layup, and you're like, "Damn, this is still floating around." Cool. Still riding high. Or like when it comes to a different layup that like you wouldn't really think it was that. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. You ever have any of your trains in like any magazines or any like videos or anything like that? You spot it? I don't stay up on like shit like that too much on who's documenting what. Uh, I'm trying to get into it more, and I'm finding my stuff out there, to be honest. But Here and there? Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy. I do have, like, documentation all over Flickr and things like that of people that have flicked my stuff over the years, and then obviously Instagram and things like that. But nothing, like, I don't know, maybe. I know that there are some, like, video things on YouTube of my stuff getting benched that I've been sent. But Tight. If there's, say there's a line of trains, and say there's, like, nine, nine cars, uh, are you painting just one, or if you can, are you painting more than one? It depends what my bag and budget currently will say, <laughs> which probably is whack to some, but whatever, you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Like, I, yeah, we'll see what I can get done with the time frame. Because, unfortunately, things don't stay forever here. Like, it's a pretty rapid movement. So if I found nine trains, which I've found, like, you know, almost a 100 of those lineages in a place out in Colorado. And, like, you're, like, in a fucking candy store, but you can't paint all of them. <laughs> right. You, know I mean? like, you want to, but, yeah, probably just, you know, I'd try and get as much as I could done, but... Yeah, you can only do so much in a night, you know what I mean? True that. Like. Well, shit, man. I think it's about that time. Cool. <laughs> I definitely appreciate you coming on, you know what I mean? We've had a yeah, great sure. conversation about weed and, you know, I'm thinking, did we miss anything? Uh, not really, man. Just as far as, like, a message that to be better to people I want to say for sure yeah especially through graffiti because life is so fleeting like so many people are lost all the time and there's so much like ego driven behind graffiti and it's like everybody could come together you know what I mean not for sure on like some building rather than like being a bully you know right that'd just be one thing that I would leave (laughs) well there you have it Soldier in the building. Bless up. Whenever you see a fucking train going on by, <laughs> I might be on it. He might be on there. You know what I'm saying? It's your boy Joe Thunder, smoking Joe Thunder podcast. Another banger for you, man. We are out of here. Peace see you peace. next time. Peace.